Hello again, this is Neil Grant, author of the book, Words of Wisdom from Christian Mentor, Practical, Real Life, and Holistic Advice for the Graduate Transitioning into Adulthood. The book will finally be available for purchase from my website, newgradadvice.com, or from Amazon and other book retailers very soon. I am in the series on personal finances, and my last podcast in this series talked about buying your first home. This may not be a relative topic for many young people, as it will take some time to build up a little equity needed for a down payment. That said, consider taking the key aspects of this involved process and putting them into your memory so that you will be well prepared to make this important move when the time is right. However, when you are ready to buy, it will be a great adventure and should in the long run be very rewarding. This podcast addresses my recent experience of buying a car with a good friend and the lessons learned from it. Having thoroughly done our homework, we felt we eventually got a very good deal, but we would not have been as successful if we hadn't done this research. The car was purchased from a dealer and we were able to negotiate this deal, but this will not always be the case. In addition, there are a lot of nationwide dealers, for example, Vroom, which do not negotiate, and therefore that aspect of the purchasing experience will not exist. However, it is still important to do your homework before going to this type of dealer, just to make sure you're getting a decent deal. Also, your ability to negotiate a price will also be a function of the overall economy. This has been particularly particularly true over the past year or so, when used car prices were at an all-time high and dealers were able to sell cars without having to negotiate the pricing. Last year, I went with a friend to help her with buying a used car, as hers was getting really old with a lot of mileage and was getting costly to keep it in working order. She let me know some thoughts on what she would be looking for and details about the car she would be trading in as part of this deal. I decided to do some research on what to buy and also what her car was worth. I went online to autotrader.com, focusing on four different makes, and put together a lengthy spreadsheet for various SUV models that fit her criteria. Subsequently, I got three online quotes for her car, and they ranged from five to $6,000. We went to a dealership that had multiple car models in stock that were on my spreadsheet, test drove two of them, and then told the salespersons which one interested her the most. He started the paperwork and soon came out with a a high bottom line price for the car, including the trade-in, at which time I stood up and was ready to leave. They offered her $2,600 for her car, and I told him that I already had quotes for the car that were significantly higher. He asked if I had proof of these with me and if he could show them to the manager. He soon returned with a lower offer when the trading value was now matching my numbers. The salesperson knew we had done our homework, saw the spreadsheet with multiple options highlighted, knew we were ready to walk, and then worked with the manager to really help us put together a deal. We eventually selected a different but very similar car for which they could offer a better deal, then signed the papers and drove away. As an aside, the next week they advertised her trade-in for $10,500. 
You'll find in car buying experiences, places like CarMax, Carvana, or large nationwide dealers, they do not haggle. The price you see is the price you get. So, stories like the above will not occur in places like that. Private dealerships are more likely to negotiate, and you will need to be prepared for that discussion. Let's talk about the car buying process. As with buying a house, it all starts with some decision making and a lot of research. So what basic decisions need to be made? Before you do any research, you really need to narrow down what you're looking for so that you can really focus on a small array of options. One, what type of vehicle are you looking for? A sedan, an SUV, a minivan, a truck, a convertible, etc. Two, are you wanting a hybrid or electric vehicle? Hybrid cars will be more expensive but will get better mileage. Electric cars will have a limited range before it needs recharging. So if you are planning on taking a 300-mile trip in your car, I suggest you do not do it by electric. Also, you will need to have special charging facilities installed by an electrician at your home so you can plug it in to charge. Three, how much can you afford to spend, either by paying cash or in a monthly payment? If you take out a loan, you can go to the following website to estimate your monthly payments for various sized loans, interest rates, and loan decisions. That's Auto Loan Payment Calculator at cars.com. As previously noted in the Buying of Your First Home podcast, the interest rate will depend greatly on your credit rating. So, here's another good reason to resolve to minimize your debt. Four, how many seats do you need? In the above story, she needed three rows of seats to enable her to transport a larger number of people on a regular basis. Five, what car companies do you prefer? Buying American only? Prefer Japanese, such as Toyota, or Korean, such as Hyundai, or German, such as BMW? Six, how old a car are you willing to buy? How many miles on the car are acceptable? Most new cars have depreciated about 50% after three or so years, so this information may help you decide how best to answer these questions. You may wish to buy a five-year-old car when the depreciation gets smaller each year, but the mileage will be a lot higher than if you buy a three-year-old car. You may be having a lot of costly repairs on your present car, which is seven years old or so. So maybe you now wish to buy one that's only three years old. You have to decide the trade-off for an older car with more mileage or a more expensive, newer car with less mileage. You know, it's hard to give solid advice here for each person's financial situation because it's different. Desires for a nicer car are different and the number of miles you drive a year also varies. I have a friend who always buys a one to two year old car with heavy first year or, two, year or two depreciation already gone and has fewer mileage and is in a much better condition. As noted in the Money Management Podcast, you should try to minimize your debt and buy what you really need and not just what you just want. Remember, debt is a killer in properly managing your money and trying to save for the future. Finally, number seven, think about the cost of repairs when deciding what vehicle to buy. I personally have always stayed away from German cars. I did have one once, as to me, they are notoriously expensive to have repairs done. 
Research car reliability in deciding what makes you want to buy. The more reliable the make, the less expensive it should be to keep for the long haul. Check out consumer reports for car reliability ratings and take this into account in your decision-making process. Now that you've made some decisions, let's do some research. So you've now narrowed it down. You know what you're looking to buy, and it's time to start your research. In the story above, she knew she wanted an SUV with three rows of seats and a car that was not too old, as she had been burdened with multiple repair costs in her old SUV. I took it upon myself to put together a spreadsheet. Yep, I'm an engineer, and that's what we do best. And using the data obtained from autotrader.com, I narrowed down the search of SUVs, three rows of seats, manufactured by Hyundai, Kia, Toyota, and Nissan, as I had some decent knowledge about the reliability and general repair costs for these four uh, makes. I then keyed in the filters for the search. Hyundai Santa Fe, Kia Sorento, Toyota Highlander, Nissan Pathfinder, three rows of seats, 2016 or newer, 60,000 miles or fewer, under $25,000, and with 50, within 50 miles of her home. She also preferred a darker car and darker seats, but these are secondary desires to be used only when making your decision. So when you're on autotrader.com, you have an array of filters that you can put in to make it easier to track these. And go ahead, I used about six or seven of these filters to narrow down my search. Please note that this is a very important fact, that I only looked at cars with a clean title i.e., which, uh, which simply indicates that it has never been deemed a total loss, otherwise known as a salvage car. If you want to buy one of these, you will be, find it very difficult time selling it as, prospect, as prospective buyers don't want to buy a damaged car. I also checked out the vehicle history report, such as Carfax, which the dealer can provide, to make sure that it had not been involved in any major accidents. These are both warnings to steer clear of. There were many cars shown on autotrader.com that fit her criteria, and I tediously looked at each one, searching low price to high, and entered some data for each one I thought would work for her. I put in the make, model, and other things such as I just mentioned. This took a couple of hours, but it really gave me a good indication of what was for sale nearby, what she could get for the amount she could afford, and where would be the best place to go as many options as, and see as many options as possible, thereby minimizing the time spent looking. You need to do more research than you planned, as whatever you can do before you sit across from the salesperson will be beneficial. Go online to edmunds.com or kbb.com and see these sites, what they show for an average cost for the cars you're researching taking into account the year, the mileage, the condition, etc., accessories, etc. Google car buying tips and read the numerous articles provided to give you more insight in how to buy a car and get the best deal. Remember, the seller probably sells many cars a day and you buy one once every five or so years, so you need to get educated on how best to hold your own when buying. The entire effort here is to avoid impulse buying which can be costly when you come across what you consider to be the perfect car for you. Let's talk about financing pre-approval. 
If you plan to get a loan for your car, it's a good idea to get loan pre-approved so that you will know the interest rate and thus the monthly payments for the car. This monthly rate should not exceed 10 to 15% of your take-home pay, just so you do not get overly burdened with this payment. You may be thinking that if I get a 72-month loan instead of a 48-month one, the monthly payments will be cheaper, and then your payment will now be in this percentage range. That's poor thinking as you will be incurring debt for a longer period of time, and the car may not last seven more years, and you will have to pay off the car loan when the car has lost all of its value. If you need to stretch the payment period to make it fit your budget, you're probably buying the wrong car, and you need to look for one that's less expensive. Where is the best place to finance your car? Certainly not the dealership, but I found the best deal for my car was at a local credit union. In my town, there was a credit union associated with the nearest big city, Houston, and I went there to apply for a car loan. I was asked if I lived in Houston. No. Do you work in Houston? No. Did you ever work in Houston? Yes. Ah, then you're qualified. The loan interest rate was less than half the percentage rate offered by the dealership or the manufacturer. Now it's time for going to the dealership. You've decided what type of vehicle you want. You've done your research on a limited number of options. You've gotten pre-approval for a loan and have selected a dealership to visit first. So now you're ready to talk to them about what you want to buy. The typical salesperson will want to start with a lot of questions about what you want, what you thought out, what questions you have, and focusing on how serious you are about buying how educated you are about the buying process, and how best to sell your car he or she wants to move off their lot. I try to minimize this free flow of information and not inform him of any of my plans, my top line price I'm willing to pay, or even if I have a trade-in as part of the deal. I am focused on getting the best price for that car, and then I will be willing to talk about the trade-in. This is not being rude to avoid all this small talk, but you are now in a business deal with someone you will never see again and will never be your friend. If you look to bundle a purchase and a, or, and a sale, you may not get the best deal as the dealer may hedge on giving you what your trade-in is worth and disguising it in the total package price. In the story above, I printed out the spreadsheet and we decided where to go first, and then we started the hunt. At our first location, there were three or four cars possibly that fit the bill. Upon meeting the salesperson, I intentionally put the spreadsheet in front of us so that he knew we had done our research and knew exactly what we wanted, and most importantly, so that he knew we had many options available for us to go see cars in other locations that would be of interest to us. No matter what we saw, we were always ready to walk away if we could not get a deal that was satisfactory to her. The test drive. When you do a test drive, try to avoid any distractions such as the radio playing or general chit chat with the salesperson and stay focused on the drive. Here are some things to, uh, to sense during the drive. Before you hop, hop in the car, take a careful look around the entire car to see if there are dents, blemishes, or other imperfections that would devalue the car. Is the trunk or storage space size suitable for your needs? Looking under the hood nowadays is not real informative, but do it anyway just to see the general condition of the engine. 
How worn are the tires? These are costly to replace, if not in good condition. Note when you get in the car, is it easy to do? Is there enough headspace and legroom in both the front and rear seats? Are the seats easily adjustable? Is the visibility good? Are there any obnoxious smells in the car, especially if it was previously owned by a smoker? When driving, how does the car feel? Are you comfortable in it? How does it handle? Is it smooth or a rough ride? And how does it sound? It's hard to hear that if the radio is on. How is the pickup and how well does it break? Does the AC, the radio, the turn signals, the lights, the windshield wipers, and all accessories all work properly? In this story, she drove the car first and was hesitant to feel how good the pickup was or how good the brakes were. After a very casual and short drive, I asked to drive it. I warned her and the salesperson that I wanted to see how quick it was and told them of my intention. I floored it and then stopped quickly. I wanted to see how it handled during these two instances. We then drove a more expensive model with a bigger engine, and I did the same exercise, noting that the pickup on the more expensive model was surprisingly quite similar to the first one. Hence, I thought there was no need to spend more money for a car with a bigger engine. We told the salesperson that what the car we were interested in, and I wanted to see the numbers, the pricing on the first car. Now the negotiation. Please remember that this is my personal experience and I am a bit of a novice in doing that compared to the salesperson who does it every day multiple times for a listing. That said, I had done my homework, a lot of it, before we ever started physically looking for a car. We were at a dealership that had a huge interest in selling us a car, so we used that to our advantage. Remember, be ready to walk away if you don't like the final price you're getting. Focus on the car price and not the monthly payments, especially if you are not pre-approved for a loan. The dealer can get you a slightly lower interest rate while selling the car at an inflated price and still meet your monthly payment budget. That said, by being pre-approved, you can focus on getting the best price. The first round of negotiation was a quick one, with us standing up ready to leave after he presented his initial offer. Once they got my trading value data, we went on to round two. The numbers were still not satisfactory, and we told him that we really needed to do more work to get a deal made. In round three, he offered a better deal on another SUV in the lot. This was the same type model, but a different year and different mileage. The dealership had less money invested in that car, and therefore this SUV uh, could be priced at a lower rate than the one we first discussed. The bottom line price was still higher than she wanted, so we asked him to take off another $1,000. He came back taking off $500, saying that was all he could ever do for us. So she ended up taking the car at that final price. All in all, it was time well spent doing the research and the negotiation the paperwork. By now, you probably are a bit worn out and just wanting to get the last detail over with and leave with the new car. However, don't rush through any of this phase without completely understanding what you're signing and what you are obligating yourself to do by signing all the papers. With your pre-approval loan in place, presenting the requisite loan paperwork at this time will facilitate getting the process done more quickly. The finance manager was ready to finalize our agreed deal and promptly got her to sign all the necessary paperwork. And after showing proof of insurance, all the paperwork was completed. She was able to drive away in her new car. 
Let's talk about warranty information. I make it a habit of buying an extended warranty as the cars nowadays have a significant amount of electronics in them. And these are expensive to replace uh, if and when they fail. This, this warranty information generally applies to new cars, but I suspect that these can be purchased for used cars as well. Unlike some appliances where I hardly ever benefit from having an extended warranty, I always get them for vehicles, so many of the parts, because so many of the parts can fail, especially if you generally own your cars for a long time. When I bought my own car eight years ago, I asked for a price on the various warranties, but thought their quoted price was too expensive and negotiated a deal on that, getting it at about 60% of their asking price. If you can't get a deal from them, there are many places that will sell you one, so don't fret when you leave the dealership without one. Many experts recommend not buying a warranty, so please do your homework on whether you intend to buy one when buying your car. If the car you buy still has part of the original manufacturer's warranty in effect, then you may be obliged to have the requisite maintenance work done at their dealership. Otherwise, you are free to have maintenance work done at the place of your choosing. So what's the takeaway message? Decide what type of vehicle you want, along with the idea of age, mileage, condition, etc., and then do your homework. Did I mention that you need to do some research? If not, do your homework. Compare the ones you are interested in, see which ones provide the best deal, and then go online to get comparable vehicle pricing information to ensure you're getting a decent deal. Then and only then do you go to the car location to test drive it. Do not ever be afraid of negotiating with the dealer even though you hate doing this. My father never negotiated the purchase of a car and I'm sure the dealers love doing business with him. I have always made sure I get the best possible deal, never being obnoxious or vociferous, just being determined. Don't assume they will not negotiate, so always look to get a better deal. And you can put what you've saved away for your retirement. My wife hates the negotiation process, so she simply sits in the hall in the showroom while the salesman and I work to settle on a lower price. In this day and age, many times you can simply order it online, sight unseen, get it delivered with a seven-day period to return it if you're not fully satisfied with it. That said, these companies go to great extremes to show you many pictures of the car so that there are no surprises once it gets delivered. Also, there'll never be any negotiating with them as this is their corporate practice. If you want some more tips on buying a car, Google it or go to the Car Buying Guide, Foolproof Foundation at foolproofme.org or the many other websites that will provide car buying tips. Well, that's all for now. I hope this has been a useful podcast for you, even though it's been a bit longer than my normal ones. My next podcast is the last on the financial-based ones and will focus on being generous and giving back. Please visit my soon-to-be-launched website, newgradadvice.com, for more information about the book and services offered. Bye for now, and thanks for listening.